Welcome to Jesus Listens Stories of Prayer. I'm Susie McIntyre Eaton, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you today. I'm talking with a man who is a creator, an entrepreneur, and a father to nine children. Nine? Nine? I really, I really don't understand where he found the time to do this interview. I mean, a man with nine kids is a busy man, much less the mom. I'm talking about Stephen Miller. You just might know him from his YouTube channel called The Miller Fam that shows his beautiful adoptive family and all the adventures they get into. But in case you think their life is all sunshine and roses, Stephen gets real about the challenges and the heartaches that any of us parents can relate to when something happens to one of our kids and what his prayers look like during a particularly tough season. Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for being with us today on Jesus Listen Stories of Prayer. I, yeah, uh, I've so been reading up me. on you, been reading up on you, and you are one busy man. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> we're actually living in an RV right now uh, while we oh, build really? a house. Um, we're sitting on the property that we're renovating. We got this old 1970 house uh, that was all original, you know, purple carpet and mustard carpet and all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff and yeah. uh, basically ripped it down to the studs and decided that we would live in an RV while we did the work and didn't realize that we had, um, you know, all these supply chain issues and labor issues wow. and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And so what was supposed to be three months now looks like it's going to be November uh, before we can move in. So we've got a family of nine living in an RV, but we're just outside of Nashville. We got four mm-hmm. acres with the river and, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, this, this podcast is about prayer. And uh, mm-hmm. for us, you know, we had been praying and just seeking the Lord asking where do you want us to be? Like, this is our first time in our lives that we can kind of live where we want to live and work from wherever we want to work. And so um, what's going to be the healthiest place for our family to find healing and wholeness and to be able to, you know, be fed easily to pursue Jesus. And, you know, we've got all these special needs with our kids. And as we were praying, we really felt like Nashville was the place for us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we got here and it was just insane. Like there, there was no way we were ever going to get a home. And uh, so we rented a place after trying to buy one, like every, every place we would try to buy. And, and then we got to where we'd rent and they were like, oh, we got 35 applications today. You know? So mm-hmm. we finally found a place that would rent to a family of nine with two cats. And we just began to pray like, God, did we miss the boat here? Like, what are we doing? We sold our house. What, what are we doing? And praying and praying and praying and, mm-hmm. and frankly, getting uh, a little discouraged because it just didn't seem like what we had been praying for was like being answered, you know? And a friend of ours sent us a listing and you would have never looked at the listing and thought, oh, that's the place I want to go. Like the only photo that was on the listing was an, a rusted old oven in a dingy basement with cobwebs. And so then we saw, oh, it's on, a, it's on acreage and there's you know a river. And that was what my wife had been praying for. So we went and looked at it and talked to the guys and they sold it to us for a steal. It was ridiculous. Of course, we got now, you know renovate and gut the whole thing but our <laughs> blessings sometimes come with uh action as well you know so well pretty pretty I'll, cool story you've already answered my last question and you've uh, already <laughs> offended me about three times when you say anything built in the 70s is old so well, 70s was when i was in high school and so <laughs> you know 
It's a relative <laughs> term for homes. Would you be amazed? The quality, a lot of this stuff was still in. It mm -hmm. was like brand new yeah. because it was the original owners and they had their rooms. Like the, the, mm -hmm. the yellow carpet room was her knitting room and the husband wasn't allowed to go in there. You know, yeah. uh, none of the kids were allowed to go in there. And then the royal purple carpet room uh, was oh, his kind of man cave, you know, so mm -hmm. it was in great shape too. And then, you know, it's just, there's a lot of, uh, fun quirks about it that were amazing you know but it was also covered in asbestos and we had to get rid of oh, all that so no. it's been a labor of love we're really excited to be able to get into it and kind of make this our you know quote unquote forever home yes. but just the place that our kids can come back to and their kids can come back to you know for generations so that's cool that's really yeah. cool well i yeah. know where your prayer life has been lately and i, I understand <laughs> <laughs> i understand where you're at i understand the beauty of your four acres right on the uh right on the river. Uh, I've been in Nashville a lot. I live in Oklahoma myself, but I go awesome. into Nashville. Of course, my sister's in Nashville. So yeah. uh, it's a beautiful place to raise kids. And I, I wish you all the good in that. What um, what influenced you in your early life? Who, who, who was your big influencer? Yeah. You know, I actually grew up in Oklahoma as well. Oh. Uh, and we, we kind of moved around every few years and went to you know, whatever First Baptist Church of name that small mm -hmm. Oklahoma town, uh, that's <laughs> sort of where we ended up. And so um, my mom, though, I would say probably was the biggest influence on me spiritually um, as a young kid, because it was her desire that we would be in church. And so no matter, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it was sunny morning, back then we had Sunday night, we had Wednesday night, you know, dinner oh, and Thursday morning men's breakfast and Friday night lock-ins and mission trips and puppet <laughs> team. We were on the pup. I was on the puppet team, uh, which is amazing. You know, she was the puppet team leader, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and so a lot of, um, you know, just things that I'm so, so grateful for would wake up on Saturday mornings to my mom singing Sandy Patty, getting ready yeah. to sing the solo in church. And, um, you know, she'd pray for us. I mean, she prayed for us like no one I've ever known. Mm -hmm. My grandma, the same. Right. And then you had your grandma also, you know, yeah, and yeah. she was helping strengthen your mom. Yeah. And um, so tell me about this. Uh, how did you and your wife meet? How did you guys get yeah. together? Um, I was know, severely bullied growing up. So oh, in high school, most okay. of my high school, I was 300 pounds and five foot three. So oh. um, I met her right as I was sort of beginning to lose some of that weight mm -hmm. and sprout up. Yeah. Uh, but we were high school sweethearts. I was walking into the cafeteria at lunchtime and uh, I was asking my, my buddy who was my bass player at the time a question and he was at the table with her and I just said, Matt, who is she? And uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, that's Amanda. She plays keyboard for me at church. And I was like, I'm oh. going to go meet her. So I plopped down next to her and I'm like, hey, I'm Steven. And she's like, hey, weirdo, you know? And so we, uh, we dated for a little while, a couple of years, and um, we actually celebrate uh, 19 years of marriage uh, awesome. this year. And so um, we're super excited about that, getting ready. Just booked our trip to go to Cancun for a couple of days and celebrate that. So how did this big family, how did this all morph together? Yeah. So here you now in a, in a mobile home or motor home yeah. trailer yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. on four acres, and you're trying to build a house, getting a house. Yeah. How did all of this get started? Well, you know, um, back in 2003, and this is, you know, I, I think so much of our story is in our failures. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And 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 so Amanda and I had met, we were in high school, I did the true love weights thing, honestly, not thinking I was ever going to need it. I'm mm -hmm. saving myself till marriage, no one's going to want me before marriage anyways, whatever. Anyway, 
we were pretty codependent, you know, in our relationship pretty mm-hmm. early on and got pregnant with our oldest daughter, Reese, who turned 18 this year, just moved to Florida. She's amazing. And um, we're so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But that was sort of the beginning of, I think, a beautiful prayer life for us, um, even at the beginning of our relationship, because here we are, we're, we're teenagers. Yeah. We're, we're babies about to have a baby, you know? And mm-hmm. so um, that was a big part of that. And, and so from the beginning, um, we were praying, God, like, ready us to be parents. And so um, we were just like pressing into his presence mm-hmm. over and over again. And pretty quickly after we found out we were pregnant, we, we, we were told by the doctor that um, she was going to have cerebral palsy. Oh. Uh, and so originally, you know, you know, the doors open uh, for our wedding and um, mm-hmm. at, at, up to that point, like, I just feel like this utter guilt and shame and brokenness and all those things that I think you tend to feel. Hmm. And when, as soon as those doors open, like I just lost it, like I'm bawling my eyes out. And I felt mm-hmm. as though the Lord were speaking to me, not audibly, but almost as clearly as audibly from the altar there. Um, I'm pouring my feelings about you into your heart right now. This mm-hmm. is how I still feel about mm-hmm. you even now. Look at your wife dressed in white. I've made you pure. I've washed you clean. And this is how I feel about you. And I couldn't even handle the emotion of it. I'm just bawling. And then there's no dry eye in the room. And I'm like, I promise, babe, I'm not like sad about this. I'm so happy about it. Um, And and so from the beginning, we thought like, God is really doing a new thing. And then as soon as we get back from our honeymoon, we have uh, like, 30 voicemails on our answering machine. Cause that's what we had back then from the doctor, yeah. um, letting us know that our, our daughter was probably gonna have cerebral palsy. It's amazing the things that you think as a kid, you know, but right. in that moment, I really truly thought, Oh great. Here's, here's the judgment. Yeah. You know, this is, Oh yeah. This you're you're going to pay for it now. Aren't yeah. You? yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, you know, now we, you know, we have these miracle kids who have gone through so much and done all this. And it's just like, you look back and you're like, what a fool I was to think that that would be judgment, you know? Um, but for us, it pressed us in to the throne room of God to like bring this before him in prayer and say, God, mm-hmm. no matter what you say, no matter what you say, no matter what you decide about this, yet we will follow you. We'll praise you. We will love yeah. you. And so, you know, we have, Reese and takes two hours to have her because it's like the fastest birth in the world, <laughs> barely making in time to the to the hospital, and uh, and she's born and sure enough she's perfectly healthy and oh good in the traditional sense of that word and, yeah um it's just like from the beginning like God was saying I'm with you you know yeah. bring it to me you know don't fear don't worry don't be anxious bring mm-hmm. it to me so right. we had our um, our next kiddo. Kira a couple years later and she was amazing and we just began to feel like we're supposed to adopt you know we've been praying Mm. and um I was really worried about uh having more kids I grew up extremely poor um and just didn't want that for my my kids Mm -hmm. didn't want that for my family frankly didn't want that for myself I wanted to make sure I could provide for our kids both with my finances and with my time I wanted to make sure there was enough of me Mm -hmm. to go around We began to pray about foster care, got licensed to do foster care. Um, But through that whole process, really confirmed that we're supposed to adopt. Adopted our two boys from Ethiopia. 
Uh, which you talk about a a prayer journey. Adoption is a prayer journey in and of itself. You know, you're praying. How do I how do I decide? You know, there's thousands of kids in the system. How do I even know which ones are supposed to be mine? And the Lord just puts it on your heart. This is them. And over and over again, week after week, we'd get these emails of waiting kids, and it was as though the Lord were saying, "This is your children. You know, these two boys are your children." So we're praying for that. We don't have the finances for that because I'm making an entry level mm-hmm. pastor salary. You know, we're kids still. I mean, we're in our mid twenties, right. early twenties, and um, and so just time after time, we're praying. Okay, God, we've got this payment due for our adoption today, and we're like eight thousand dollars short. What are we going to do? And a check would come in the mail right. for $8,000, you know? Um, so we bring our boys home, you know, and they're amazing. And you're praying that you can bond with your children. And like, yes. we're building our family on prayer all along. We're building mm-hmm. our, our family on, yes, Lord, whatever you ask, we're saying yes. Mm-hmm. And we know that's going to make us uncomfortable. And we know that's going to put us in positions that we are forced to have faith. Or crash and burn. Those are our two options. So we have um, we have another baby after that. My wife says, is it crazy oh, that I want to have another child? And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you're not crazy at all. You're a great mom. Let's go for it. And we just think because our first two kiddos we had so easily, mm-hmm. well, sure, this is going to be a breeze. We're not going to have any issues right. at all. Um, and then that year, 2012, we had two miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of pray like, Lord, is this really your will? Is this what's happening? And all the while the man is having all these stomach issues and like just worse pain than childbirth kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and she finds out she's got this genetic, genetic mutation. So we, you know, go to a holistic doctor, get that figured out after being in a hospital for days at a time, running oh, tests yeah. in traditional hospitals mm-hmm. and everybody all over the world, they're sending us messages. We're praying for you. We're praying for Amanda. Mm-hmm. And uh, they finally find that out. And the doctor says, hey, I think you're, you're probably pregnant. So go home and take a test. You know, you've got oh. this thing figured out. <laughs> we, we, we're treating the MTHFR like you're good to go. You're pregnant. I promise you you're going to be pregnant. Go check. Sure enough, we're pregnant. We have Ethan. He's our little miracle baby, our little rainbow baby. Mm. Uh, and then <laughs> just a couple years later, I'm like, honestly, I'm kind of like, we're good. You know, uh, five's, <laughs> good. five's good. Five's <laughs> good. I feel good. And then Amanda comes to me and says, hey, um, I think we're supposed to adopt again. Mm. And I just start from a place. I know that God's the father to the fatherless. I know that he puts orphans in homes. I know the true religion is this, that we care Mm -hmm. for the orphan and the widow. And so this is just my framework. Like, I don't even feel like I really need to pray about it. And I'm like, yeah, we got room in the van. We got room in the house. Let's get one more kiddo, bring him into our family, give him a forever home. Mm -hmm. and, And it'll be amazing, you know? And, uh, and so we start that whole process, find our little girl, Penelope, she was 12 and, uh, you know, it'd be a year and she'd be aging out of the system in China. And so we're like, man, let's, let's go, you know, let's go. And then she drops the bomb. She's like, we're we're like three months in, I think we're supposed to adopt another one at the same time as well. I'm like, Oh, so I'm praying about it, praying about it and praying about it. No word. And so again, it comes down to just this moment of faith. And I'm like, okay, here's what I know. God's, he, you know, he's the father to the fatherless. He puts orphans in homes. This is true religion. So I'll tell you what, we'll go forward in obedience. And if God doesn't want us to do this, he'll stop us. So we bring uh, both of our kids home in 2017. And now we are a family of nine. So we are right now. And, uh, and our son is having all these seizures and we didn't know about this. This was not in the documents. This is not in the, the doctor report, nothing, the stuff, not, nothing that we would have known 
going into the adoption that he was having significant seizures, but they were like maybe 30 to 40 a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they were small, uh, sort of infantile, infantile spasms. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were significant and they were delaying his growth and even causing right. him to regress. Um, so we started having all these brain things, uh, brain tests done on him and found out he had a, a rare brain disease called Moya Moya, which mm-hmm. meant it's not a matter of, uh, if he'll die, right. but when, um, and so we had bilateral brain surgery done on his brain, uh, to sort of correct that Moya Moya. And, you know, up to that point, they were kind of saying like, he's never going to walk. He's never going to talk. He's never going to do any of that. And we're just praying and we're like, Lord, mm-hmm. you know, we said yes. And ultimately in the end, it, it, it's up to you. And, uh, you know, we're going to press in and no matter mm-hmm. what happens, like you're going to be glorified in this. And so, um, just have your way. Um, but if it be our way, uh, do a miracle here and have this child learn to walk, have him learn to run, have him learn mm-hmm. to talk. When, when we went back for his six month checkup, uh, after his brain surgery, his doctor said mm-hmm. he has a 96% blood flow on the right side of his brain now. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I think it was a 98% on his left side. And so Lord willing, he'll be able to start making some progress in the areas that he hasn't been able to up till now. Um, And, and it's just been amazing to watch. I mean, this kid who wasn't able to crawl when we found Mm. him. uh, Oh, you were such a blessing. You and Amanda were such a blessing to him. I mean, you know, we think about how we can get these kids in our homes and, you know, and have them and we enjoy them so much. But if you mm-hmm. hadn't come along, if Amanda said one more, if she hadn't said that, mm-hmm. this little boy would have been, he would have died. Yeah. Well, and I think about it as much as the way that the Lord works is so often that we're the ones who get the blessing more than anybody, mm-hmm. you know? And I think uh, our son, he's probably, you know, I don't know what his pathway would have been otherwise, Mm -hmm. but I know that we would not have seen God move the way that we have Mm -hmm. and have seen the blessing of walking in obedience and have seen the miracle of uh, God doing something that only he can do. God calls us to do hard stuff sometimes, you know, Sure, he just does. And if you're spending time in prayer, uh, not just speaking, but listening. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love about your books Mm -hmm. Um, is with Jesus calling, it was, it's, it's a practice in active listening because you kind of give us a prompt, right? Mm -hmm. That's, Mm -hmm. I I would say that's That's right. More than, more than saying like, this is exactly what God is telling you right now. Although, because it's come from scripture, it is God speaking. Um, it's, it's a, it's a prompt. It's like a conversation Mm -hmm. starter with you and God. It's the same with your new Jesus listens book. And I've, you know, I've been going through it the last uh, week or two since I got it from you in the mail. And it's just such a beautiful conversation starter between exactly. God and me. And, yeah. uh, and, and I would say that when, when you're truly having consistent conversations with the Lord, he's going to call you to do hard things. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that is it's an invitation to see him move in mighty ways in powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And if you're never being challenged out of your comfort zone, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe you just have more favor from the Lord than I do. (laughs) Or maybe you just learn more easily. I don't know. I think I learned the hard way, which is the whole point of my book, is I learned the hard way a lot. You know, what really amazes me about this book, Stephen, is I don't know if you've done it, but in every salutation and every ending, she has a different thing. I mean, that's 365 mix-ups, you know, Mm. my loving God back here on April, compassionate Jesus, the next day, sovereign Lord. Uh, Amazing what Sarah Young does with this book. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. um, and like you say, it just, it's, you open it up and it's just an open conversation and it helps people to say, okay, God, Mm -hmm. where are you in my life today? And this has hit me right between the eyes several Mm -hmm. times, you know, I've been going through quite a hard time with my health lately and, just opened mm. it up one morning in, in uh, March, and there it was, uh, wow. just like he was listening to me and uh, hearing hearing my prayer. So would you, would you want to pray for our, our folks out there that are watching us on the YouTube channel today? Yeah, I would love to. My loving God, you are my strength. I begin this day feeling weak and weary, but that's okay. My weakness is a reminder of my dependence on you. I need to remember that you are continually with me and you will help me as I go along my way. So I take hold of your hand in joyful trust, asking you to strengthen me and guide me. Help me to keep moving forward step by step and to trust wholeheartedly that you know what you're doing. I'm learning that perseverance and trust make a potent combination. In your strong name, Jesus. Amen. Stephen, you've given us a lot of time today, and I can imagine that's what makes you a great husband and a wonderful father, that you gave us your time uh, out of your precious day. So thank you for being with us. We really, really appreciate you and everything that you're going about and what you're doing with your life, with your career, everything that's going on with you. I just encourage our listeners today to get involved (laughs) with the, what do you call it? The big family? (laughs) <laughs> the Miller fan, actually. <laughs> God bless you with the uh, with the uh, torture of that house and the in the renewal of it, and uh, just pray that God just brings each blessing upon each one of you every day. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless yeah, you. Have a good you too. We're so glad you joined us today for this episode of Jesus Listens, Stories of Prayer. We will be back soon with another guest and another story. But until then, remember, Jesus hears you, he cares for you, and he's just a prayer away. I'm Susie McIntyre Eaton, and it's been a privilege to be a part of your day today. Be sure to follow us on social media and on the Jesus Calling podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so that you can keep up with our weekly audio episodes and special monthly series like this one. And be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling channel on YouTube, where you'll find the video version of this interview. Thanks for listening.